This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Make sure to go and check out all of our latest merch at paddockmerch.com. We've got loads of new designs and even more products come in all the time. With two or more items, you get 20% off using the code PADDOCK20. And if you remember, there's even bigger discounts available. Link is in the description. Jay here for Stratford Paddock, and this is the Tier 1 Transfer Podcast. Although we're not talking about transfers today, we're just talking about Manchester United and football in general. And we're joined by, of course, Ronaldo Brown, my co-host. How are you doing? <laughs> it's been a while, isn't it? It's been a while and we're in the studio. Feels like we've always done this. I know we've been in the studio, but we've got a guest, Daniel it's Taylor. A, it's been a Zoom podcast yeah. previously, isn't it? From The Athletic <laughs> joins us. Daniel, thanks for joining us. A pleasure. Nice to be here. I think this is the first one we've actually been able to do in the, in the studio because of COVID. We've had to do them over Zoom. Um, but you've obviously covered Manchester United for The Athletic, amongst other things as well. Um, how is it feeling as well? Do you sort of post-COVID back in the sort of swing of things, back in the game, um, covering that? Yeah, so I'm, uh, to be honest, I've missed it more than I thought. Just like, yeah. just, you know... My mates hate me because I. I, I <laughs> my mates hate well, me. Basically, like, I, they, they just think I'm so blase. But I've, so I'm probably going to come across very badly very quickly here. Don't but, worry. But like you know, Champions League trips and stuff. You know, like they could be quite taxing, like kind of quite tiring and stuff. And I'd be saying to my mates, "Oh, I've got to pop off to Paris or Munich this week." And my mates would be like, "Are you really?" Complaining, <laughs> but I'd be like, yeah, but you're tired. It's like you, you know, you have to get flights. It's all you know, and it is work. And then, the uh, but, you, but that's what I mean. After so many years, you get blasé about it. And this last two years, you know, I've missed it big time. Yeah. Like just like getting on a train, getting on a plane. Sorry, you know, going off to some European city and just you know, just watching a bit of Champions League football and stuff. And you kind of so, so, so in a way, it's been a bit of a jolt to realise you know the the job has certain privileges that maybe after a while. I shouldn't get to, you know, my mates would be shaking out. Like, you know, I'm like, well, I get back on Thursday, fine, I'm tired, it's the weekend. It's easy getting all these flights and going to Milan. I was going to Milan and Munich. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's should, not... we, should we start this again? If you're not doing, make sure you check out The Athletic. Give them a subscribe as well. You can check out Daniel's work there. Um, we may, we're going to move on to some of the, the other yeah. stuff, but we may as well get the, uh, the elephant in the room, as a certain manager would say, out of the way. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, at the time of recording this, because you never know what's going to happen, um, there was a story this morning, I think from Laurie Whitwell in The Athletic, and saying that at, at the moment it looks like his job's safe. Yeah. How safe do you think his, his job is, <laughs> following on from the, the recent results, especially the Liverpool yeah. one? Well, he, he's, he's very lucky, first and foremost. I mean, not the first time, really, either. I mean, if this was, if this was in Spain, if this was in Italy, if this was, if this was Chelsea or, or a different mindset... He'd have been gone, you know. He'd have been gone probably before the. He wouldn't have even come to the press conference probably. So I mean, you could go back to maybe that sort of period of the six-one to Spurs as well and say the same. So, so he's very lucky that United, you know, United do see this kind of. It would go against everything they've said this last couple of years that basically they're trying to build. You know, they know there's going to be some bumps in the road and all these things about building from within. And so it would, it would kind of go against. There's there's no appetite to sack him. They don't want to. 
but he's just he's got to that point now it's a bit like you're losing five doesn't it, at home to Liverpool 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 are strolling around the last 20 Liverpool have, that, that was almost like the worst bit of it there was like the, it, mm. it was so it was like almost like patronising kind of like okay we've 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 taken the piss there's you know two or three thousand Liverpool fans you know rubbing it in the stand, the ground's emptying we're just going to knock the ball around now and it's almost the sort of way they'd have treated a kind of a Norwich of the world and it's you know it's Beyond humiliation, beyond humiliation, you know. It's like I've never, ever, ever. I, I came up to Manchester in '98. Um, you know, City were third division at that time. Never, ever seen a walkout at half time. And someone sent me a picture of people, and it was literally at half time, so it wasn't like, um, it, you know, it wasn't like conveniently put in afterwards, but it, and it was, you know, the people in droves going up to Matt Busby Way, and I was like, I've never, ever seen that. So, He's he's extremely lucky to be keeping his job for now. Whether I mean, you know, they're clearly talking about it. They clear, you know, as I say, I mean, <coughs> he started this by saying, as it stands, you know, it, I think it's a fluid situation. How many more can he take? You know, what happens if they lose this week? They've got Man, it's relentless, isn't it? It's they've relentless. Got, they've got Man City the, the week after. You got, got City. Yeah. You've got obviously Spurs away. That's a you know, yeah. different mm. story. But you got City. Then I think you've got. Um, I can't. We've got an easy game, but then not far on the horizon. Then you've got Chelsea think, and Arsenal yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who it is. Is it Watford in between them? Yeah, I think you've got yeah, Watford, yeah. and then then you've got Villarreal away, and there's there's the Chelsea and Arsenal games. Mm. I can't remember which ones, which are, ones at home, ones away. But it's not until you get to maybe December where there's an easy run. Yeah. yeah. So maybe you know that might be the time that they look at it. It's just, it's it's difficult because the form for a proper big. Club, the club of United's ambitions, which don't get me, you know, the United's ambitions this season were to be authentic title challengers. Mm. You know, this, this is sackable stuff, basically. No, I don't think anybody could be surprised or shocked or outraged if it if it happened. But the people, I don't think they want it to happen. That's the thing. It's kind of like because it goes against what they've been their entire model during the social reign has been to kind of like to build. To kind of rebuild the culture of the, and so if they, you know, if they if they suddenly went to a Conte, for example, you know, he's obviously the name that's sort of you know dominating the kind of who's next. Then all of a sudden you've gone back to kind of, I think Gary Neville was trying to make this point. All of a sudden you've gone back to being that kind of okay, we'll try Marine. They've tried everything, haven't they? They've tried. Yeah. They've tried Moyes. They've tried the building. They've tried Moyes on a six-year contract. <laughs> You know, they, he got seven, yeah. what, seven what, ten months, wasn't it? But, it, yeah. but that was because he started. Yeah. He started yeah. it in the end of the previous season, almost. They've tried the kind of, you know, the Van Hal thing, which I mean, the Van Hal that, that was the worst football I've ever seen at United. You know, I, used to, I agree. I've always said like United. You go to every game at United. It's an occasion. It's like a proper. You feel like this. That was the only time I've gone to Old Trafford and stopped feeling that it was like I didn't have any real like kind of sense of occasion to it it was it was just deadly dull wasn't it it was like it was so hard to watch then I've tried Mourinho and but it kind of wasn't peak Mourinho so maybe you know I always felt like Mourinho was like soured by the Real Madrid experience you know yeah. kind of so you know I used to I can't lie you know I can't be hypocritical I used to say Mourinho this is a big scary club and Mourinho's a big scary manager Mourinho's going to be the guy I can't, my, my slight mitigation, I suppose, is that I kind of meant that after Fergie, rather than Moyes, who basically shrank in the job. You know, you could see it in his face; he was terrified. It was, it's just, you know. And Moyes is a man with, ordinarily with presence, but you know, you could see, you know, it's, 
It's a big club, mate. Like, it's mm. just, you know, <laughs> it can only, you know. So you need someone who can handle it. And I suppose, you know, if Solskjaer does go and it's, you know, you can't, you can't look at these coming games and think, oh, well, you know, they might turn it around with a, with a you know, they might, they might do Man City or something. You, you just, you're sitting there thinking there's going to be more punishment coming here. Um, so then it's difficult for, for you know, because the then they just almost have to start again because Conte isn't that kind of... It's a complete change. Yeah, it? it's mm. a, a massive thing. So you look at who else is out there and like, I mean, Zidane's out there as well, but these are all kind of two or three year managers, if you know what I mean. They're yeah. not kind of like someone that they mm. wanted to... So don't get me wrong, this is what Chelsea do and, every, and people, including myself in the past, have sort of sneered at it and stuff, but... You'd love what Chelsea won the last ten years, wouldn't you? You know, like, yeah, they've been the most successful English team yeah, in the past twenty years, haven't so they? So really? yeah, yeah, they, they do it in that in that way of being ruthless, and, and it's unpleasant sometimes. You see, because you know that people are getting, you know, they, they were brief against managers at some points, and you kind of know the managers <laughs> being sat before. Yeah. So it's not it's not what you'd call the United way, or even though, funnily enough, that did happen with. Um, with Moyes, you know, Moyes, Moyes, like Moyes, family, yeah. you know yeah. Moyes did find out through the media first that he was getting sacked, which obviously wasn't ideal for him, to put it mildly, you know. Um, but, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea, it's a very different mentality. But in a weird way, you know, after years of, you know, kind of rolling your eyes at it, you almost look at it now and think, well, it's working for them. Yeah. It's not working for United. United are trying to trying to be this club that gives six-year contracts and throw, puts her arm around Solskjaer and stuff, but it's not exactly... Um, I mean, probably, listen, it probably all comes back to... We all thought it'd be hard after Fergie. We didn't probably realise how hard, you know. Like, it's, you know, replacing Fergie. When you look back now, you think, Moyes, that, that was... the You know, I saw some clips, some excerpts from... Um, Patrice Evra's new book yeah, and mm. he was talking about the players just weren't having Moyes and the reason weren't having Moyes is because he wasn't Fergie yeah, so <laughs> it seems like, like every manager's got know. to deal with the shadow of Fergie yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, think he, he did himself yeah. any favours no he didn't <laughs> he didn't and yeah. to be fair you'd think by now it would have it would have moved on from, from that but it's still you know there's different group of players and but then but then they're still questioning the manager in a way that you know, I'm sure they slag off Fergie sometimes and moan about him and stuff like that. But they they also knew that he was the ultimate, you know. And they don't see Solskjaer in that respect because Solskjaer's never won a trophy. You know, Solskjaer with respect to the guy, and he's you know, there's parts of what Solskjaer's done that's been very good. You know, you can't. There's been there's been times where you know there's some of the records like away performances and stuff have been amazing. Um, you know what he did when he took over was, but it's. I don't know. He's not. He's not. He came from Cardiff and moulded into the <laughs> ultimately, and he got the job. And this, he got the job because of what he did in '99, really, because they wanted someone. You know, DNA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's may, maybe that's a little bit harsh in, in to say, and, and ignores the, the good stuff that he's done, and and he has repaired and brought a lot of the club. To, you know, he's sort of brought a fractured club back together again. But it's just it's not working at the moment, is it? And I'm not sure he's ever going to be the man, you know. You look, if you look through the Premier League clubs, how many of those clubs would swap their current manager for Solskjaer? And I think that's what a lot of people have said. Yeah. A lot of people have kind of played with the idea that if Oli was to leave United or to be sacked, which of a Premier League side would actually take him on as yeah, manager? Yeah. Well, I saw, I saw um, 
people saying on Twitter yesterday that he'd probably end up being the Norway manager. And it's a bit like, well, fair enough, but that is almost a bit of an indictment in itself because it's a bit like, well, what does that mean that, you know, the Everton's, Aston Villa's, West Ham's of the world don't want you? And I'm not sure they... not not absolutely sure they would. I'm not... This probably sounds a little bit overly negative because I do think he's done good things there. Yeah, he has. Um, But, yeah, he's... It'd be interesting to see where he goes from here because... I'm not quite sure which which sort of type of club would want him. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a strange fit for for where where we'd be next. You know, it's this is and also, this, this is probably sounds, but it feels more like a kind of a, a Burnley almost. No. <laughs> you know, if, if, <laughs> if, if short now it's left, if even then that seems like a strange. Well, if short well. you know, someone that kind of like you know a, a, a family, family sort of togetherness yeah. of this and and. You know, I feel like I've been a bit harsh to him there. No, but, I but listen, you know what I'm yeah, saying. I listen, I understand, and, and we, we all love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for what he achieved as a player. And you're right to point out, he has done good things. Yeah. Like, you know, he got the job permanently on the back of yeah, a, yeah. A, what he Amazing did. Amazing run. Yeah. And, he's, and you know. there's been, listen, I'll be hypocrite. I sat here, I, I, I've written a piece in the past saying, at the height of when things were going well, that basically, like, you know, Edward would give him a contract. Maybe, maybe this was the one thing that Edward would have done. That you know, I'm, I'm I can't be hypocritical, or yeah. could be, but <laughs> I, I choose not to be. For, you know, the the one good thing that Edward Wood's done is to you know because because this continuity and at that time it was all going upwards. And yeah. you think, but but in a way, you know, I always think like managers can lose form as well as players. And basically, if the if after a while the manager, if the players are starting to question them as well, and which I, f- which I think is probably happening. Yeah, it's definitely it. conceded. You know, yeah. you know the, the, yeah. there was a... Solskjaer's been a popular guy in the dressing room compared to some of them. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they really disliked Mourinho. You know, I've spoken to one player in particular about the Van Gaal era, which just sounds like an absolute... Oh, we had Raphael De Silva yeah, and we yeah, on the channel. Yeah, yeah. And he, he told us a story about Van Gaal and he just yeah. said... He said he's he's crazy. He said he said he's not yeah. just in football. He said he's one of the most crazy people yeah. I've ever met. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think off, off record the stories are even worse. Right. You know, okay. kind of like, <laughs> I, think so, Ra- I think Rashford's a little bit of love for him, though. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> so so I don't think I I don't think when this if this ends as we think it probably will end, I don't think I think you'll get people saying where Solskjaer maybe where it went wrong, but I don't think you're going to get that vitriolic. Um, Poison spreading in a way, even yeah. if even if mm-hmm. these stories are true, you know, like, as I say, I've heard some of the. To be fair, some of the stories I heard about Van Gaal was when, when he was still there. People, the players, briefing about how disliked he was and how and how you know <laughs> people wanted to leave basically because of Van Gaal. So, uh, you know, it isn't that situation now, or, but I think they are looking at him, questioning him, thinking it's a big dressing room, isn't it? The big personalities there, you know, they've added Ronaldo, there's Pogba, there's you know. Varane, you know these are big, big, big name players. I just wonder if they're looking at him. You know they all, they'll all be talking between themselves about what's going wrong. And footballers tend to want an excuse, and it's normally the manager that's the excuse. You mentioned Ronaldo there, and I know you've written about Ronaldo um, recently. How much of a part does that play in Solskjaer's future, or what's going on? The (laughs) fact you've got a player like Ronaldo, and when he arrived, we were all buzzing as United fans, especially when it looked like he was going to go to City, and then he comes. Yeah, yeah. But with that. 
there's obviously expectation there. Yeah. And you know, you've seen you've seen all the, the videos of him doing all that during the Liverpool game. He's obviously unhappy. Yeah. I mean, how much does that well, play a part in what's going on? He take the scale, and he. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, to be fair, Ronaldo has always always did that, but he did that in the era before social media kicked in <laughs> properly. Ronaldo was like always flapping his arms about, and mm. I mean, he was like, I mean, he's kind of eliminated it from his game mostly. But he, you know, he was a man, he was a huge diver. He, he would he would be having. I remember going to Fulham and him having massive hissy fit. And the, he was the most entertaining part of the game. His hissy fit lasted lasted pretty much the entire first half. You know, in his last season at United, when he, you know he didn't want to beat United, he wanted to have gone the year before. His histrionics were incredible. But it was in the if you, if you think that Twitter really kind of took off around sort of two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and accelerated on. It was all you know. So all these kind of like hand gestures and him throwing his arms about that gets accentuated more now because of social media and yeah. stuff but he's always, he always did that and, he, and he, he never pressed all this stuff I don't want to sound like a heathen here but, but you know I've seen better tactical experts than me talking about his lack of pressing and how Ronaldo's never, never pressed that. never done that he's never been the guy who you know you just read Gary Neville's autobiography or, or think back to Gary Gary Neville used to I remember Gary Neville dragging his fingers down his face during games because he was like, it was so frustrated that this guy would not help him out and stuff. And they made it allow it. You had to. You had to realise the brilliance that he had. Let him go and do all that. And the rest of the team compensated for him. You know, Ronaldo's never going to be the guy who presses from the front, like Firmino or someone. So if you want him in the team, you want to sign him, you've got to to understand that from the word go rather than like a month in... I don't think it's fair to blame Ronaldo's lack of pressing for the way the team. I mean, Ronaldo's. I was looking at the figure. He scored six in nine games. If this was, if the team were doing okay, everyone would be saying, "What? What? You know, what? A, you know, he's living up to his part." Yeah. It's not his fault that Maguire and Shaw and you know <laughs> others are, 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 are uh, you know, capitulating. Know, you know, it's know, not. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I think there's bigger problems than. Ronaldo. I mean, like. You took into my pressing, like the clips I've seen recently, uh, Greenwood's pressing, for example, on the on the right. Greenwood's not a natural for that role and stuff, but I just don't understand it. Uh, you know, I think Ronaldo's a bit of an easy target for this, and I think in the black and white, he scored six goals in nine. I don't think he's, you know, it's not like he's looking for his first goal and you're looking at him mm. thinking he's only in the team on, you know, on, on what he's done in the past. So, so at the same time, <laughs> that said, comma, yeah. It's, is it, a, it has coincided with his arrival that this this deterioration has happened. So I do wonder if it's if there's some sort of imbalance or whatever. But then equally, you look at it. And you, you know, there are players individually who've, who've dramatically lost form. You know, like I say, Maguire. Sure, you know, you can't you can't blame the left back on Ronaldo and and Maguire's sort of being so vulnerable that that you know he, he's acts. You know, he's going through one of his accident prone phases, isn't he? You know, so. I don't know. There's, there's. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't. I, I can't blame Ronaldo myself. But is it coincidental that it's happened? At, it's yeah. Especially with that little bit of controversy that ensued when he did, when Oli did kind of put his foot down and he dropped Ronaldo for the Everton game yeah. and the controversy surrounding that. I think that might have been further tipping the scale towards. I feel like can just looking at United now, you can kind of tell a little bit especially when it comes to the Ronaldo and Oli dynamic. I'm not sure how much Ronaldo actually fancies him. 
when you've got such a big legend and you've got such a big character within yeah. the team that doesn't and then other players are looking at him not really fancying a manager well that's a good yeah. shout yeah because Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo essentially he needs his ego fluffy yeah. he needs to be the main man probably wants to play every game probably wants to take every penalty yeah. every free kick um, and in a way has Ali had to kind of show that but I'm the manager because people are kind of laughing aren't they people are saying people that Ronaldo's yeah. big you know and so Ronaldo's maybe not got his way every, you know yeah I can see that dynamic I can see Ronaldo also looking at him thinking I'm I'm, 30, I'm 36 I, I've I've played for the best managers in the in the business so I'm not quite sure when I look at you that you are that guy but then I can't say that of any authority you know it's only it's a theory, isn't it? Yeah. It's you know I can't I can't sit here and say you know this is what I've heard or this is what I've been briefed from from you know the camp and and this is you know so it's it's something I could could believe but it's not I can't I can't genuinely hand on heart say this is what you know this is what is coming out of the camp and you know it's a it's 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 a danger to you know it's so it's yeah I can believe it though yeah if you, if you're looking at Ronaldo as a bit of a luxury player. Like in terms of you need to accommodate for him like tactically. Some people are suggesting that if you're looking at United's team, there might be a bit of an imbalance in terms of there's too many players like that. And you've got the likes of Bruno Fernandes who runs yeah. and does what he wants. You've got Pogba. You've got all these attacking players. You've got Cavani. You've got Greenwood now. You've got Rashford coming back into the fold. Do you think it's not all on Oli or Oli's inability to kind of see how to structure the team or do you think that United's just got too much of an imbalance in terms of the players that they've got yeah. well that's that's yeah. What, that, yeah spot on I mean basically he he as the manager has to be the guy who works out the yeah, best exactly. system for them and so far that hasn't happened you can see it hasn't happened because the, the number of goals they concede the number of chances yeah. they concede number of times where they seem disjointed yeah, yeah. disjointed you know kind of you, you know there's no kind of cohesion or fluidity between the defence and, and midfield and, and attack. So, so yeah, that that is that is the, the bit where you want the coaches and the manager to, to solve, and that is where it's going wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can't see it. And and is there a yeah is is there some big shout? You know, like he told us it was going to be a big shout, and I was thinking, well, is it going to be Pogba that makes way? But there isn't really a great history of Fernandez and Ronaldo you know is that dynamic kind of you know Fernandez you know when you watch him for the for the national team Fernandez sort of it, it's not like the two of them are the two stars together you know so yeah. it's, maybe, maybe that's the tricky dynamic I, I, it's, it's, like it, it's, it's too it's, many it's, things <laughs> yeah it's, dif it's difficult but, I mean also you, uh, you know obviously I go and watch City and Liverpool um, as much as United and, and the difference between when they lose the ball, it's almost like that old kind. I mean, well, I'm sure Pep brought this over from Barcelona. Barcelona, you know, they had this thing of you've got to get back within five five seconds, and basically they hunt the ball down. And United, so we're talking about Ronaldo. Does Ronaldo press? Do United press? It's like, like, it almost feels yeah, to me like some do. So you mentioned Greenwood yeah, yeah. against Liverpool. You saw him at one point. It's not a collective press. No. So if it's not a collective press, it doesn't work. No. So because basically, if one goes, then yeah. It just doesn't. It's you know. Yeah. It needs all of them to be tuned in. That's where it comes back again to the coaching. Yeah. There's times where United don't look brilliantly coached. Um, no. You know, mm. um, someone at City said to me like one of Solskjaer's mistakes is like he's he's got inexperience around him. Like even for, I mean Walter Smith 
died today, isn't he? And yeah. It's like, I mean, the um, but Fergie, you know, he brought in Walter. He had Archie Knox. You know, Fergie would Brilliant. quite, yeah, quite often bring in people that were you'd see as kind of veterans of the, you know, kind of old timers in a, in a way. You know, not all the time, but he would he would often have experience. Whereas this, I'm not scapegoating, but but United have got like you know, I want to look at Carrick and McKenna on the bench. I sort of like think like you know, there's it's not a great deal yeah. of you know, Carrick's just gone there essentially from. From playing basically, yeah. and it's kind of you know, he said, I kind of almost would have expected him to sort of start off in the academy or, or something, or or, yeah. or or well, stay there for a number of years basically, you know, just base and base. But you know, there's not a there's not a wise old figure in the in the dugout basically. Is, is it, what I'm trying do to you make. know what one issue may be when it comes to whether Solskjaer comes and goes? I don't know how much they will be thinking about it, but it's because when Mourinho went. The huge payout, and you were speaking to me about it, Jay. Yeah, that I seen to him and his coaching was staff. About, was it about 90 million or something yeah. total for him and his yeah. coaching staff? Yeah, with yeah. social, just, just signing a three year contract, it's like, yeah. Also, I should, I should, I just completely ignored Mike Keenan <laughs> there as well, didn't I? No. But, but you know, you know, my point, I just, yeah. um, yeah, it's, I mean, they've li- they've just given these contracts out, years, yeah. this is what I mean. So, you know, you know, it's, um, this is what the. There comes a point where I think United are going to have. To, if they keep losing, they're yeah, going to have to. Yeah. As I say, I mean, you, Jay started by saying, "As it stands, and it is almost one of these." No, where you, can't, just, you, can't, you, you, yeah. you kind of feel like you might leave you this building in a minute, yeah. and it's and, it's, and, it's, and things fun. might have checked. They might, you know, it'd be hugely naive not to think that they, they, even if they don't want to, that they are now look. You know, they're going to be looking yeah. at who's available. Um, you know, the pros and cons of all these different types of people because it's it's. You know, it's United fans, the match-going fans anyway, because there's a difference, isn't there, between yeah. match-going and social media fans, but match-going fans are not going to turn on Solskjaer like you would get at other grounds. But then walking out of the stadium is there almost is a, a way I, of... I, it's I, a mutiny in another sense. I have sense, seen a little bit of a shift as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't speak to all the match-going fans, yeah. but a lot of the match-going fans I've, I've spoken to and I stand with, and, and a lot of them go ways as well, who were usually the last section yeah, yeah. of the fan base to yeah. turn on a manager or to doubt a manager or, or openly question him or whatever are beginning to say... Yeah, yeah. Because def- it hurts def- that, you know, you yeah. mentioned earlier that, you know, 5-0 at home to yeah. Liverpool hurts. Yeah. It's there's, de- there's a definite shift. I'm, I'm, when I say turn, I mean they're not going to no, be singing his No, no, he's still, got, he's still got his name sung in the... Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, and you've seen the images and the videos of um, people waiting outside. I will just say as well, you know, thoughts with Walter Smith's family, you mentioned that he's yeah, away, uh, well, played, a, played a role at Manchester United, lifting the FA Cup, yeah. of course, in 2004. I think, I think, I think people... Forget he was United. I know it was because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know him so well. But when I went over to Merseyside a couple of times, the yeah. the press over there loved him. Yeah, he was a, he was a brilliant one for like having an off the record half an hour, great storyteller. Um, like and made it his business to kind of um, know the journalists there. Yeah. So like from, you know, I was I was kind of slightly jealous because. <laughs> you know, obviously, you had a running with Fergie, didn't you, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bring but, it up. <laughs> well, well, I th- I don't get me wrong. I think Walter he wouldn't take any shit. You yeah. Know, like, but but obviously, I think he was a bit more like kind of would go out for a drink with them occasionally. Whereas we didn't really, we would have loved that relationship yeah. with Fergie, you know, But we we didn't often have that, if you know what I mean. You know, so, but they all talked about Walter as being great. But I, I, you know, you know, I mean, I saw it announced by Rangers, and funny enough, I looked on Everton's Twitter, and I was a bit like, yeah. Like, hurry up! Yeah, like yeah, you know, well, so, well, but um, you know, it's he's a Rangers 
man essentially. But then he was at Everton for a lot of years, and yeah. people do forget. You know, he and Fergie were obviously pretty close, and Fergie brought him in. Uh, when did he bring him in? It was just the end. Was it towards the yeah. end of two thousand and three, two thousand and four season? I think it was a difficult time for you. Know, it was that when Marina was. Marine, well, but it was the, the year that Porto knocks us out of the Champions yeah. League. I, I think, I might be wrong, so forgive me if I'm I think yeah. he was in the dugout for when that happened. Right. I might, again, I might be wrong. But I know we, it wasn't a great season, but this is, shows you what it was like under Fergie. Yeah. It wasn't a great season, we just won the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now, yeah. I think I'd bite your hand off if you said yeah. we're going to win the FA Cup this, um, this year. You mentioned briefly there Ed Woodward yeah. um, earlier. Now, he's, he's, he's scheduled to leave at the end of the year, is it? And, and is it, I mean, the main rumble is that it might be ca- carrying on or what? He's, he's, he was telling people when it all kicked off beforehand, he was telling people he was going to leave in the summer. And also, if you're, if you're going to leave, you've got to, you might as well leave. <laughs> it's like, you know, people, if you're building relationships but you're going yourself, what's the point of Ed Woodward building relationship with, what's the point of him with Mino Raiola? Because when when what's the point of Edward like kind of like you know trying to have this association with I don't know Mendes and people like that if but Ed you're leaving in a bit and you're going to have then then it's going to be somebody else's job it, it, I don't know the whole thing is such a weird story because as I say he he was telling people he was going in the summer and it's gone so quiet I know the United put out it was going to be late later yeah. yeah but Edward Edward saying it was going to be all right he's going to see this because I think out. he yeah I think he thought and also. His rela- he's leaving because his relationship he felt his relationship with the Glazers was broken after yeah. the after he went against them effectively or he didn't want to sign to go with them put it that way so it's all very weird that he's kind of still there you know we're told there's going to be this you know Richard Arnold's going to come in it's the, I don't know the, I mean I think everyone is in agreement it's not just Solskjaer that's been the problem the last few years you know they've got Adam Kraft and my colleague sort of said it very well on a yesterday. I was listening to it on the way in and saying there's so many people at United who've kind of been learning on the job, you know, like coaches, but also people in the boardroom. How many years were we saying United needed to have a proper, proper director of football? You know, like someone that because Ed, Ed didn't want to do it because Ed want, Ed loves doing the deals himself, but Ed it's not like he hasn't got other stuff to do, and he's been shown over years that. He's got a lot of those deals wrong, or he's, or he's, you know, it's not always been a particularly happy transfer windows, have they? Some of them. No. Um, so, you know, just, a, just seems a bit of a, a, a shambles. Um, mm. Moving on from from Manchester United, because yeah. you, like you mentioned, you don't just cover Manchester United; um, <laughs> you cover a lot of other things. Um, you've written quite extensively about sort of some of the the racism we've seen. Recently, after the Euros, especially, I mean, yeah. you covered you covered a little bit of that when when we saw Saka, we saw Sancho and Rashford, of course, getting racially abused online, following you know missing the, the penalties in the in the final, and, and I think you covered one of the court cases there. Was it one of the Well, we went, we actually did a few of them. Yeah. We because we, we just thought it'd be, I suppose, listen, it's it's hard to kind of lump all these people together, but we thought it'd be quite interesting to go and see what see these people and who they are. When I say these people, you know, it's a, we went to four court cases, and obviously you, there's the numbers are vast compared to that. But you, you do get a bit of a picture. You do get, you do. I mean, as I say, I can't say this about every single one of these people, but you do almost sort of think that maybe 
they dislike their own lives. Right, okay. So they're, so they're trying to kind of like... like filled with hate. Yeah, yeah, so they're trying... So because of that, I remember... Uh, this isn't to do with sort of racist attacks, but, I remember, but social media, I remember when... Um, so I did the story of Andy Woodward, the first player who came out about being sexually abused and sort of started that whole scandal. And 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 he was basically getting attacked by crew fans on um, Twitter. And they were sending him like... like I mean, you know, they set up a fake Barry Bonnell account and they were sending him like, you know, horrible messages and stuff. And two, and then they... And then two of them, it's a father and son, they basically ended up lying and blaming each other. And then that gets into the realms of... Um, perverting the course of justice right. and so that's automatic prison so if they basically just put hands up they'd have got they'd have got the same as you know they've probably got a suspended sentence or a fine or a warning but once you start going into the realms of lying to the courts you got so they both went to prison for christmas a few years ago and in court it was basically explained that basically their lives were so kind of they you know had very tangled bad family situations and basically they were unhappy they admitted they were unhappy with their own lives so they wanted to make somebody else unhappy, and that's how I f- that's how it felt going to these court cases with these racists, basically who were getting all sorts of different sentences that they wanted to almost like spread a bit of their own unhappiness into you know to other people. You know that's how it felt anyway. You know it's only four court cases. It could have been could have been probably four thousand court cases and maybe yeah. a different pit. But um, but yeah, we just you know we we just wanted to examine it a bit more closely really and just sort of see who these people were you know as you can imagine they weren't very impressive people yeah kind of just projection and a little bit of self-hatred yeah it felt that way it feels difficult to even excuse it almost but you just got because sometimes racism seems so unfathomable you're kind of looking at it thinking why do you know i mean it's one of them where I'd, I'd actually be interested to go to court cases and see what these people are like because it would obviously be different from seeing it we talk about social media and obviously people have this kind of, they have this protective barrier when they can yeah. do it behind a computer screen or behind their smartphones. And actually seeing them face to face will be interesting because I can pretty much imagine, like you said, they will be a certain type of character where they just seem like they're unhappy within themselves. Yeah, I, I think that there's, yeah. And also there's a level of stupidity yeah. and, yeah. you know, they're not the brightest people. And yeah. yeah, and educated is the word, isn't it? And it's, it's listen. I'm I'm a forest fan, and um, you know, like on Facebook, sort of, you know, signed up to a few of the groups, and like, you know, and some you know like fan groups, and like, there's a Forest Old Boys site, which is like the old lads that that used to watch Forest when Forest were good, which is a long time ago now. But and like some of the stuff they put there is brilliant. And then someone someone put up a post about um, about taking the knee. And I and that and the kind of, all these kind of like you know this enjoyable Facebook site quickly degenerated into this like you know thinly disguised on on the part of some of them sort of thinly disguised racism basically I looked at their pages and all of us you know it's like it's not a surprise they've got pit, you know kind of also talking about immigrants coming over yeah, and, that and it's a bit like nonsense. you know so it, it's you know it, it it's it's horrific and it's this is what I, this is why social media it's like it's really to me like kind of it's so much worse it feels so much worse to me like because people have got this and and it's and and then other people have seen that it's like a way of, it's a it's a veil for them to you know but i i mean 
I'm sure the figures what, are worse than they were. What do you feel like has to be done about it on social media? Because well, I know there's a little bit is, of controversy about people saying that there's a fine line between these people not being able to hide behind a computer yeah. screen, but then again, the kind of privacy issue yeah, with yeah. the fact that they're saying that like, people well, should have their IDs or whatever yeah, before they... Uh, but the, the, uh, this, listen, I'd love that to happen, first yeah. of all. Logistically, I just don't... I'm not, I'm not sure it can. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that, you know, I just, I just think, it's, you know, it's a, it's a global... It's not just like it's... If, it, if Twitter was a, a, a UK site and only UK people could use it, then maybe it'd be easier. But it's not, it's a global site. You know, people talk about, like, um, getting rid of words, you know, making certain words. Then people put asterisks in, or, or there's, there's millions of words that, are, yeah. th- that could be used in an offensive way. Um, I mean, if you look at... I think we're going to talk about it in a bit. If you look at what John Terry said to Anton Ferdinand... That wasn't like that wasn't the N word or or yeah. word that, that that Twitter could phase out, but even if the, even if they did, people would still people would still spell it in a different way, or they'd do a I don't know they'd do a number one rather than the I yeah. or something. Well, like you see when you, you know, see it reported when you saw that wrote out, it wasn't pe- wrote out a lot. Yeah, of big or, newspapers, or, it was asterisks out. Yeah, yeah people, you can see or, what it meant. I, I just this is what I mean because I'd love to have a, an answer. Yeah, and. So, I mean, I think we all probably agreed that the social media companies don't seem to, that, you know, they're very good at paying lip service to it. And I mean, what what kind of kills me when I, see, you know, it's like when you see open, like proper proper hardcore racism on there, mm-hmm. people reporting it, and then you get this, you get this automated message saying, "Oh, sorry, this hasn't, um, you know, yeah. crossed our threshold." And you're like, what? What, 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 what do you want? What? what do you want? Like a death threat? And like, I'm and like, you know, picture yeah. themselves outside your house with like. You know, it's, it's, it's mad in it as well when, like, you know, if you tweet a, a bit of footage from the game, yeah, it's gone, it's gone like that. Yeah. Copyright, I've yeah, it's I've tweeted, I've tweeted <laughs> it's a like, it's gone, and it's like I copyright, know. we'll have that. Yeah. And then if you report a racist post, yeah. which is like you say, he's overtly racist, weeks, <laughs> like yeah. three weeks later, you get no, no. We're, we're and the right other thing, the other, the other thing that I've found is that writing these pieces is never fun because you write it and you kind of think like, okay, I've written something hopefully for the greater good and. You just your, your replies are just like hammered, you know. Just and I just wonder, like, you look at these people. It's like a lot of them. You sort of like it's a name. It's like David O six three four two five. It's like almost like so many names. It's like and they're weird codes. And you think are these like real people? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a kind of cartoon picture. It's like this is what I mean. I I've got this personal. It's just a personal thing that I used to engage on Twitter loads. You know right. when I was when two thousand. Eight to 2012, I'd chat to people and, you know, try to be funny and try to be, you know, try to be kind of, you know, like a, a Twitter. I just, I can't now because it's just like, it's overwhelmingly bad. And, but I just work, a few years, I just, I just stopped replying to people that don't even put their real name and like who they really are on there because it's like I'm not talking to it why, sh- why should I engage with like a cartoon picture yeah there's a lot. caricature in it yeah <laughs> no. it, can, it can get a bit and don't get me wrong a lot of these people are real but it's yeah. a bit like when it, you know I'm putting my real picture my real name and who I work for on there but there is no rule that you have to do that but no. it's just a personal thing with me that I but if you know so if someone who I see doing that I will ask a question that I will and get but I just I just can't be asked these days you know and oh, it's just yeah. and it's you know, I mean, it's draining, isn't it? You know, it, it is draining. Um, I don't know. I used to be, I used to be a bit like I used 
engage and argue. I remember pulling my car over once on a school run yeah. to argue with someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done that, I've done that. And, and like, and, and you go to bed thinking, and it, you kind of get a bit too ingrained yeah. in it. Like, and oh, I, I, I mean, I do see some journalists who seem a bit obsessed with, with Twitter and there must be like on about nearly approaching half a million tweets now. Yeah. It's but it's, it is very valuable for getting stuff out there and I did enjoy that interaction, yeah. but then, but when that interaction becomes, the, if I said something like, you know, Old Trafford's a big stadium, I'd have people, you know, slating me, yeah. saying, you know, you can't, you say, can't anything. say anything like "Good morning" or "It's yeah, not good." And, Ratio. Yeah. The way the way I am, and I shouldn't be, I can't help but look, and then so it's like, and I could get if I write a piece and get like hundred people saying that was brilliant, thank you, and. Then one person saying that was shit, you are yeah, a joke. Yeah. So that's the one person you think about. And like some people like Ollie Kay, my colleague, is like kind of just washes over him, whereas I, like most people, I think, basically would end up going to bed thinking about that one person. No, is that is that because you're a bit are you quite self critical? You're like a bit of a Maybe, perfectionist um, in a sense, or is it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I reckon if I was a footballer, I'd definitely be one of those. Um, <laughs> I need an arm around my shoulder. If I got, yeah. a, if I, I, I'm a, if I got a bollocking, I'd, I'd yeah. shrivel. You won't, you won't yeah. be right. <laughs> yeah. Someone who'd want to play for Mourinho. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'd, I'd, that, that's when I'd disappear. If that, I'd be stood at the side with my like, shirt <laughs> sleeves pulled over my hands and stuff. <laughs> you mentioned there about John Terry, and you, you did a piece on it recently, the 10-year sort of anniversary, if you can call it that, of, yeah. of uh, the unfurdenant racism issue. Um, I, I was reading that piece, and you spoke about Kick It Out and how they had more funding. I think there's there's um, there's like a... Is it a dedicated hate crime officer as well? There's, yeah. There's been some changes is the point yeah. I'm getting to. Do you think there's been en enough changes to, to try and... Um, combat racism in, in football, not just the social media side, but the actual, you know, physical side, if you call it that. Um, it's a good question. Um, to, be, to be fair to them, the, the, you know, so like, I watched that Graham Taylor documentary last night, I don't know if you saw it, but like, they, they, they had a clip of the FA, the board meeting the FA, it was like, oh my God. I've seen could, that, I've seen one of them before. Could, yeah. could, could you... Yeah. It was just like, one of these things, like, did nobody notice this at the time? I and mean, the average age is about 97... <laughs> There's literally, I mean, it, it's just... It's just like the, every, Bert, the Bert Millie chip days. It's just, like, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, just basically a load of old, white-haired blokes. It's like that. It's, it's like generational the, thing, isn't it? It's like, it's like the, the two blokes off the Muppets and yeah, the, yeah. in the... Oh, was it Waldorf and Stad Waldorf Sadler? Sadler. Yeah, yeah, but there's like 10 of them or So, to be fair to the FA, they have spent a lot of time trying to make it a bit more of a more diverse... Employer, um, thing, you know things like that. The PFA have done the same. Uh, the, I it used to always do my head in that everyone, everyone used to slate kick it out. Yeah, as being weak. Um, so Rio Ferdinand killed them in his book about the um, about the Donto situation and and uh, just Rio's got obviously a hell of a lot of stock in football. So so him doing that, you know, you know, kick it out basically became a bit of a punch bag. My argument would always be that Kick It Out are funded. Kick It Out's funded. They can only, if we want Kick It Out to be a big, strong organisation, they need funding. So at that time, and for many years, their funding was the Football League gave them nothing. <laughs> so like 72 clubs, they were expected to look after everyone, but yeah. they gave them nothing. The PFA gave 100 grand a year, FA, or just under 100 grand a year. FA and Premier League did the same. Now, Premier League, as we know, is like, you know, billi worth billions of pounds. Yeah. 
So I worked it out. I can't I haven't got the maths here, but it was like 0.0001, probably less, probably more noughts on that, to be honest. They gave them jack shit, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then that was their money. For the, so basically, there were times where Herman Oosley would have to go cap in hand to them and say, so he said this in this piece, said, look, we ran out of money. We, we, we were constantly running out of money. We, had no, we couldn't afford train trips to go, to go up to see people. And so it's no wonder they, were, they weren't the organisation we want them to be because yeah. they, they, you know, ultimately, back, yeah. as with yeah. most things in football and life, it does come back to money. Yeah. And they had none. So, so yeah, so they, they, they were pretty... You know, weak would be one word for it. Or, or, and also, there is a strange dynamic that, that because you're funded by the FA, it's hard for them. Well, it's hard. It's not impossible, and they had to do it occasionally. But it's hard for them to to slate the football authorities because they're relying on those football authorities yeah. for the money. So, and there'd be times, and they and Herman said to me in this piece that you you mentioned that the football league would say to them, "Why should we give you money? You, you keep criticising." <laughs> So that is the mentality. It's almost catch twenty two situation. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the football, football league. Can you believe? The, I mean, the football league literally give them nothing, but That's they would ridiculous. be expected to cover seventy two. And and they also made the point was a lot of those clubs were some of the places where the worst offend, offending would happen. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll have to decide for yourself which clubs they mean by that. But but um, so yeah, so it's it is improving, but it started off from a, such a low position that it's catching up in a way so yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really say we're in a great position right now you know yeah the police have got like a dedicated hate crime officer now but you know they can't even get a reply from social media companies sometimes so it's not it's you know it's it feels like so deflating when there's you good there's good like people out there yeah. fighting it but the numbers are overwhelming and it feels mm. you know feels um like you, you, you couldn't really say like we're on top of it, could you? No, I don't think so at all. Um, another story you've mentioned it as well. One that you sort of you broke a few years ago was was the the sort of the offside trust and the Andy Woodward story yeah. about abuse in football. Just going back to that, how did that come about? How did your, your involvement in that come about? Because I first um, read it when you was at the guy, so wrote it in the <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to say that it was the culmination of a three-year investigation <laughs> that I single-handedly undertook yeah but it, it was actually um and andy woodward and i've got a mutual acquaintance and andy wanted to do his story with this other guy and the guy was like this is your feet and and kindly enough was was kind enough to write to recommend me as the journalist that he thought could, could do it so that's so so um so andy was a stranger to me when i first met him and um you know, all the, but all all those, la- you know, the the similar age to me, the you know, the Barry Bennells, vi- you know, I mean, when I say victims, the ones I know, you know, there's there's hundreds upon hundreds of yeah. them, you know, they, I mean, there's still a hundred hundred complaints that have gone into the police that have never even got as far as court because there's some because we we don't deal with mass offending in in this country. So if it was in America, you know, you get like you can have five hundred um, complainants in America in the court case over there, but here, you know, it has to. I think his biggest one was twelve, and there's like you know there's hundred hundred others thinking why have I, why am I not getting my day yeah. in court? So, so, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of these this was all during the eighties, nineties. So this is kind of my, these are lads that I can identify with, you know, the, kind of my era, you know, and um, I'm good mate, you know, like I've become good mates with a lot of them. You know, yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think doing stories like that is a kind of a bond, you know, it's not just something you do. And then sort of move. On. It's not a transfer story, is it? You no. know, these 
Um, so yeah, so it, it was. I don't know if you saw the BBC documentary this this year that came out. You know, yeah. it, it was um, it was rewarding, I suppose, in, in a sense to to have done that. You know, I can't you can't beat the job satisfaction of seeing a guy get thirty one years in no. prison for a story you've covered. You know, it's it, now now thirty six years. It's, he said there's been more since then. And and just on that, there's a court case going on in a minute with Barry Bennell where. I mean, this is um, pretty extraordinary that he could be called by Manchester City to sort of speak up on behalf yeah. of them. It's it's not even he could be called. He is being. Right, he, sorry, has he, been is. Called. Yeah, he has been he called. He has been called. It's it, there's a bit of nuance to it, and yeah. uh, basically, once it, Man City are the defendant, so he is giving evidence on behalf of the defendant. He is he's basically City's witness. City are very keen for it to be known that basically. He was called by the solicitors. Um, so basically, City are being represented by their insurance company now because this, this could be a, a big payout. So basically, the solicitors are the ones that have called him. Ultimately, so it's not City's own solicitors, but ultimately those solicitors are representing the defendant, which is City. So I know that's a bit confusing, but there's a slight nuance to it. It's not, it's not that Man City have written to him directly. It's not that... Um, but ultimately... He is in, you know, he, even even the QC that's representing City in 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 the High Court yesterday was talking about it in those terms that he has been called as a witness for City, and like you say, it's extraordinary. And can you imagine being the one of the many victims of Barry Bennell, you know, raped, molested over, you know, in some cases hundreds of times. Then you come forward as you've been asked to, you know, you get him to prison. You kind of think that's the last we'll ever hear of him. At least he's going to die in prison. You know, we've done all we could possibly do. And then, and this is like, you know, obviously I've studied Bernal, and this is so up his street. You know, it's kind of like his his way of control. His, you know, he didn't have to be. He, he could have said no, but you know, he's already he's already given them a statement. December the sixth, he's going to be appearing in the High Court via video link. Um, to answer questions, and it's going against the players basically. So the players are trying to win some compensation, and he's going against them. Say, and it's kind of like, is this your last sort of sort of piece of control over these over these poor guys? You know, like you know, because a lot of it with him was was this sort of warped sort of control and enjoyment of being the guy the guy that has the the last word. You know the. Um, and and is this is is this your last fuck you everyone you know basically <laughs> yeah, you know it's, that's that's how it feels you know because kind of, you didn't you didn't have to do that and you'd think that if he had a semblance of decency well listen it's December the sixth if he comes out and says yeah City knew all about it you know if he he might throw City under a bus I doubt it because it's City that are calling him and I, and there's nothing in his in parts of his statement yesterday that we read out of the High Court that were that sort of made made me think that but so essentially. He is going to be ch- try, trying to, or so it seems, chop chop down these poor people that he abused at the knees, and the figures are, you know, for for standard damages, the figures are like between fifty and hundred grand. Basically, you think this this has killed their lives. You know, a lot of these. Mm. There's not one of them. Even the people that have done really well, there's not one of them that is over this. No. There is no people use the word close. There is no closure no, on isn't. what's happened. Your childhood barriers get taken away like that. You, 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 mm. you know, they've all got massive. These people killed themselves. There's, there's a number Shocking. of suicides. Not, there's, you know, pe- massive relationship issues. 
people that have turned to drink, alcohol, crime, people gone to prison, people just lost the plot, you know, basically. And, you know, people who I still know now who have periods where they're um, in a really bad way, you know. Like one one of the wives of someone I know said to me, when they went on holiday, they always used to, Basically, she used to always have to ask her head to get like a, a low, bow, a, a first or first or ground floor room because she didn't want a high room where, where there might be something that he could throw himself off the balcony. You know, yeah. it's kind of, you know, it's a, a daily battle for some of them. You know, even however many years on. So, so can you imagine what it's like for them that Bernal is being wheeled out on behalf of the club where they once had dreams of making it to give evidence against them, you know, it's a really... can't imagine what that feels that's like. A, yeah, it's a really... Um, yeah, likewise, you know, it, it, you can't really even put yourself in that shoe, but in those shoes, but, you know, it's not a pleasant place to be, is it, to think that? No, it's yeah. not. I, I was speaking earlier, I interviewed a, a couple of players that have been through that, yeah. the back of your work, and like Paul Stewart and David Martin, yeah, yeah. one or two others, and, yeah, very brave, obviously, to speak out about it. We've seen it from Patrice Everett, I know it's a different yeah, yeah. sort of, you know, it's not associated with Bernal, but... He's been speaking out about it, about it as well, and you know it's obviously something that's that's happened, and you know it's just when you hear that and you hear that what these people have gone through and the way it's been handled now, you just think, how's it how's how's it come to this? Yeah, it's, it's scary though because for all the people that we do know about, there probably is quite a few more that even yeah, there's loads, there's loads, come out there's about loads, it. and and because so with Benel, so Benel was at City before Crew, so basically these these lads with City are now in the kind of mid to late forties mostly or a couple of them in the early early fifties. And then with crew, they're kind of like late thirties to mid forties and stuff. That's the age where you normally have you might have young kids and you might have elderly parents. So if you're gonna come forward, can you imagine the conversations you've got to have? Yeah. Like you, yeah. especially if you're gonna go public. So there's loads. I've had contact with I know so many names of people inside football, outside football of that have just are watching and have got full admiration for everyone that's come forward, but it just isn't for them because yeah. it doesn't suit their... And you've got to put absolute respect for that because it's like... And also, a lot of them were told to come forward, and they did do, and then they didn't get the day in court anyway. They got, they got what's known as the NFA, no further action from the police. So they've... They've, hmm. they've, they've got thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've yeah. but, but yeah. Imagine, they've, they've had to do all that process of telling the police what happened... You know, coming, you know, reveal, you know, that's reliving like, a, yeah, reliving yeah, that. yeah, massive, massive trauma of, of all that. And then at the end of it, because of the sheer numbers, they get in a, they get us, well, thank you, but uh, sorry, not worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is probably something to do with the little, as I say, in America, you can, ha- there's, there's examples in America of people with, say, 500 victims, you know, they all get, you know, they don't get. You don't, you don't get isolated, you don't get sort of left on the sidelines, you all get treated. So that's one of the things, may, you know, that's out of my hands, but that's something for the legal system that should be looking at. You m- spoke about Manchester City and mentioned Crude What has Crude's response been like? Because obviously they've been heavily involved in these accusations and stuff. Yeah, Crude. Has their response Crew, been satisfactory no, at all? No, Crude have been awful. Crude, really? in a way, Crude have kept Man City out of the headlines and. Man City is a bigger club, obviously, you know, yeah. but, it, but but Crew have been so hard faced, but and Crew pulled the shutters down straight away. They, to be fair to City, City did reach out to to a lot of the lot of the victims. They showed a kind of human side before, you know, I'm talking about before this High Court trial. Um, 
crew were just so kind of like they didn't want to know. They, they, you know, they, they, they were just really, really hard faced and and unpleasant about it. And um, it took them a long time before they've actually now paid out to the to the victims from who've who've been suing them. I think there's still a few more outstanding. But it wasn't until their previous chairman, John Bowler, left that their attitude seems to have changed in terms of like showing a more human touch because John Bowler's attitude was very much like, you know, we are crew. Do, do not step on our forecourt. You know, very very strange kind of... And, and also very weird because, you know, I, gr- I grew up thinking crew were like this sort of, you know, second favourite club. And yeah, no, they had, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, when I was a kid, yeah, I'm yeah. similar to you, yeah. Daniel, and they had that reputation of yeah. you get youngsters who've not yeah, made yeah. it and, the, you know, the Robbie Savages yeah, or yeah, yeah. Rob yeah. Jones or David Platts of this world yeah. turn them into to good players and, you know, everyone sort of likes them, yeah. plucky little crew. And just horrific. Yeah. Horrific. Um, um, and as, I mean, as I say, the um, don't really want to have a go at fans and stuff, but I'm sure there's plenty of. Well, no, there is. There's lots of good crew fans who are horrified by it and everything. But, but just you know, again, the cesspit of social media. You know, basically, you know. So I've been targeted as the guy who broke the story because the people didn't want the story out there because it's it's derailed. Indictment so, on their club. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So basically, people's priorities are skewed, aren't they? Mm. So. Like I say, forget me. Andy, Andy, I've seen Andy Woodward's had, you know, not just Andy, of, of you know, people people having a go at them and having a go at being yeah, offensive. Yeah, that's yeah, a real yeah. Low point yeah, no, but exactly. But 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 that's that's what happens, isn't it? So yeah, it, it, it is. But you know, well done on all your work on that because it's been it's been amazing. It's something I've been following since since you first broke it, and uh, like I said, I was at the Midland and. Speaking to some of those people, it's been you know a story that unfortunately needs to be told. I'm glad it has been told. Um, moving on slightly to some well, so completely, some, completely different. <laughs> I say slightly different, completely different. I was reading a, a piece you wrote about Amanda Stavely. Is that is that something? Yes. Announcer, her name, um, and it featured a, there was a small part that featured my favourite character in football, Gary Cook. Who I used to oh love, yeah, yeah. Just for for the comedy reasons when he was at City. Yeah. Um, just quickly on Newcastle, can you see? them challenging at the very top when you know you look at the, the money they've got and the place they're coming from because some people are saying that that, that amount of money they're going to be another Man City or another Chelsea or another PSG and then others are saying well actually because there's the, the, the Premier League are fighting against it there's these pl- yeah. sort of restrictions in place they might not or it might take them a very long time yeah well the, I think they've said themselves they're not going to come in like City did yeah which was you know City were splurging I mean, it was ludicrous in that <laughs> first week. They were literally just throwing out bids for for anyone. Yeah. Any, you know, they they just wanted any any elite player in the world. You know, they they just had this, like a scattergun approach. Yeah. So I don't think that's uh, and even with City, you know, so that was two thousand eight. Took City four years, isn't it? To so you know, in five years' time, it's hard to it's yeah. hard to. Say. And also, we're kind of ingrained into this mentality, which I suppose we were with City a bit as well of. You kind of think, well, it's Newcastle, and they'll find a way to cock it up. I said that. I said that. I don't believe. I said that about City. I won't get too excited. I thought that about City, and I mean, to be fair to City, it's not just the team that City have done well when you know when you've got that. You know, City, City's complex. That whole kind of, Mm. you know, you you go up there and like you look at United and like United sort of swapping United when United. City got the, like a, a second little stadium, there, yeah. you know, like, a, and it looks great, doesn't it? When you when you drive up between the two, 
And then you compare it to United. United are sort of like renting, you know, where you're going to rent the yeah. Altrincham and Lee and all these. Yeah, you make a trip out of Lee to watch under 23. But then United have got all that land round Old Trafford that basically they don't seem to do much with. If that was an ambitious, you know, everyone goes on about the kind of like the roof leak and it's become a bit of a cliche now, but I always think like, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you put up a little stadium for the reserves or something? Because that's, yeah. that's what, Barcelona have got one, you know, City have done it and it's all, it's, I believe know, that's City trained there as well, yeah. you know, so, um, in a, I mean, remember when, I remember when United, Carrington opened, We've gone off from Newcastle, haven't we? But I remember no, when, no, it's when good. It's, it's good because it's true. It's, it's relevant. I remember, I remember when Carrington opened, thinking, "Wow, this is this is the bee's knees." You know, you, you know, this, it's not just you go to City now. You just think they're so far ahead of yeah. United in every respect. Not not, not just City. That I mean, think, you know, Leicester's training grounds. Yeah. D- you know, now dwarfs United. It's you know. So this is so this comes back to what we we're talking about earlier about United's problems. A lot of it. There's it's not just Ollie. Oli Solskjaer, Oli Gunny Solskjaer, and the and the team, and there's, they seem to me to have been left behind in many many ways. And um, but anyway, Newcastle. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. No, I was. I'm no, glad you turned it to United because I that did, is my yeah. point. It like, is relevant. It is relevant yeah. because I, I did mention that United are now in danger. I think of going through that little bit of period where years go by and by, you yeah, yeah. fall slightly further behind incrementally every single year. Before you know it, Liverpool, City and Chelsea are, are miles ahead. Yeah. We've gone two decades without winning the Premier League and then it all looks very daunting in terms of coming back. And that's why United need to look at things now and need to act really quickly, especially if Newcastle become a force as well. Yeah, because yeah. we are mentioning about academies and training pitches. That is meant to be some of the focus from the Newcastle owners, actually, that like you want to improve the academy, you yeah, want to yeah. make reserve stadiums, academy stadiums, so that they can become... Do you want to do it the right way from what it sounds like? I don't think they are going to be spending a lot of cash. As you said, there's a transitional period in it. Like yeah. City didn't City weren't juggernaut straight away. They had to go through did you have to go through like the alarm? The, the Rocky Santa Dallas. Cruz era, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, and Joel, call it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And Rabinho. Yeah. Yeah. You have to kind of go up from being so Newcastle yeah. are what they kind of finish about average, about fourteen for yeah, whatever, yeah. don't they? So you have to then make that step up to kind of like, okay, can we go up from being fifteenth to a kind of a top six, top seven? Europe. And then, and yeah. then it's like kind of can you? And then it's like you know, let's say it took City a few years, isn't yeah. it? And you know, um, you know, City had a few false starts, didn't they, and stuff. But then you kind of, I have to say, City have overall not just they've done. It's a very very slick operation now, City. It's kind of you know, it's kind of slightly. I spoke to someone who used to work the other day, and sh- she was saying about how faceless it was, and it kind of is mm. in a way. They've kind of become a bit like. Everything they always used to say they didn't want to be, which is yeah. basically a, 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 the different to United because United have got that kind of fan base and everything, and but they've become this kind of like slightly f- almost faceless kind of um, you know they've got like the this sort of place you imagine like they've got fingerprint recognition and they walk around in the city blazers and you think you're sort of looking there and thinking I've been up here 25 years and it's like I don't actually recognise anyone anymore. It's like kind of. And nobody's got time to stop and stuff. It's one of those, if you know what I mean. Whereas, you know, I used to go to Platt Lane where City used yeah. to train years ago. And when I first came up to Manchester, and like, like every player would stop and have a chat. And they were so, you know, but but again, they were third division. No, they, they were uh, slapstick eleven, weren't they? they, they it's like it's, you, you know, it's, um, it's a shame because I missed the days when City, you know, were were at Main Road and they were <laughs> in terrible. the third tier. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> we could have a proper laugh at him and now it's like oh, it's just you couldn't you couldn't get a city in the, uh, so I came up with the Guardian you couldn't get a city in the papers then really yeah, you, <laughs> like, I'd go to press conferences <laughs> well first of all I was can't free get I was, can't I was, get them out now I don't know yeah, I, but I was, I was freelancing first of all and there's me and a guy called Ian Whittle right and um so we work for an agency called Teamwork, and so like we 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 try and get interest in like a Friday press conference, and like all the papers be like, no. So we'd go anyway, and it'd be us, Radio Manchester, and sometimes the MEN, and basically it'd be done in Joe Royal's office or something, yeah, yeah. which would be like like a quarter the size of this room because it'd just be basically like three of us sat behind his desk, yeah. And it's like you know they'd be playing Lincoln or Macclesfield or something, and it was like he just. So it's, you know, it's it's a completely, completely different club. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, they've they've grown a little bit, haven't they, since those those days. Um, Daniel could have chatted to you forever. Really, <laughs> 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 let scratch the surface and other things I wanted to talk about. But you know, you've, I realise you've got other things to do. So uh, <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. Um, make sure you are checking out Daniel at the Athletic, checking out all these articles and his work. There. It's great, great. Um, publication you subscribe i think it's got some offers on there's a link in the description um where you can subscribe what's next for you what have you got planned uh trying to find out what's going on with social uh, have you hear anything yeah. let us know yeah, yeah drop yeah. me a message and uh, uh, as you say i mean laurie laurie's very well connected yeah. and sounds like i think there's a bit of a for now element to it yeah. but it sounds safe yeah. for now and I, I, to be honest when before i just came in Sky had picked it up, I think. Uh, we, we we did a live, yeah, and I yeah. started, we, just as we were going live, I started with Laurie's, yeah. Laurie's piece, and just as we were going live, the Sky had it as well, yeah, obviously, yeah. off the back of his it's, work. Uh, it's, not, it's not a secret. Conte wants it. People uh, people are employed to get those messages out. Yeah. Zidane um, would... I wonder whether Zidane might actually be a better fit for United than... A, There's a lot Conte. of talk that Zidane has his kind of no interest in the Premier League kind of feel. He doesn't know English. He's like, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It, it's not, it, as I say, there's, there's always people around managers yeah. who normally... He's a bit trickier. Yeah. Um, or certainly for... Uh, well, certainly as he hasn't ever worked in the Premier League before, so there's not really the, the relationships there. So it's kind of harder to find out what what, what his um, his next ambition is or, or what he wants. Whereas, you know, there's... I know. For, I mean, I'd, I, the timing would be bad. No, Mancini would love to come back to the Premier League. He's, yeah. he's wanted to for Could years. Could that happen? Do you think? Well, I can't see. I think like Mancini's stock at the moment. He's just won a Euro. Yeah, yeah. He's a manager yeah. who won Man, the Premier League title. Man, I know he did it with City, but but Mancini, Mancini tried to. Mancini's been being ignored by clubs like Spurs for years. He's tried mm-hmm. to, yeah. because to be, I mean, to be fair, to, his last year at Man City. It's one of those were classic. It was quite Mourinho-esque. Like the players ended up hating him. They were yeah. celebrating when he'd gone. He still won the league. He won the FA Cup. He yeah. did a brilliant job there. He was, he, he was the guy. You know, we're talking about that like City couldn't take that little leap. He was the guy that did that. Yeah. You know, and he came in, wasn't phased by United at all. Did that to Fergie yeah. on the touchline. Said, said, I'm going to do that. Which meant bring down the. The ticker banner. Yeah, I remember that. Did banner. yeah, so he did. Do you remember that? Do you yeah. remember that the banner? Yeah, do. So yeah. He did his like he did. It, he kept to his word. Yeah, you know he won the league, and then he's not been able to get a job back in the Premier League. It's maybe like maybe now, like you say, with, with what's happened with Italy. Well, but the problem is though that change. The I think he'd be he'd be a bit of a traitor, wouldn't he, if he gave up Italy with a World Cup in thirteen yeah. months? So I think he's, 
I kind of think he can't. I, I think he'd be torn because the chance to chance to make Man United, you know, Man, it's, I know I'm with United fans, but Man United is, is Man, you know, yeah, it, no, it's, it, these jobs don't come up often, and sometimes it's about timing and like. This is why, you know, it might never come for Pochettino. I think it'll always be a regret for Pochettino if he doesn't, because he's like been so close, you know, two or three times. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's an amazing job. And the manager who gets it right after Fergie, that man, imagine like his stock or like his popularity. It's like, he, you know, he'd be a god, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Um, so I think Mancini would be looking at it thinking, I wish it was in a, you know, 14 months' time, because. Yeah. But uh, I don't know whether United fans would want that. Saying that, in 14 know. months' time, we might be, you know, <laughs> someone might, might be back have, in. Yeah, someone yeah. replaced Oli and then they'll have yeah, been yeah. sat by then. Yeah. So maybe Mancini will get a, uh, another chance in uh, 20, 20, end of 2020. It's funny, yeah, because his name never comes up, though. His name. It's funny, the only reason that he's. No, he's, he's I, think he's, I think his name were on the, the betting. Was, was it? Because they were. It's weird because yeah. at the ground of the week, not, not for the Liverpool game, I can't remember which game it was, it might have been for uh, Villarreal. Um, we were having a chat in the stand and someone was saying Mancini and a few yeah. people were saying, you know what, despite the City thing, that's not a bad shout yeah. because of what he's won. Bef- and- yeah. But in that time be- between leaving City and winning the Euros, he went for jobs and like, I mean like, he obviously didn't get anywhere near them. So like, you know, so Arsenal... It's Ars- 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 crazy, Ars- when you've mm, won the yeah. Premier League. So Arsenal went for up. Arteta and you'd think, well, look at Arteta's CV compared to Mancini yeah. and stuff. Whether they were going for the... Pep's assistant. <laughs> it, it, where, where but it's it, unknown that, isn't yeah. it? Like where, you don't. I always think with someone under assi- assistant. You know, you earlier mentioned there some of the assistancy that Fergie had. He had like Carlos Quiras, for example, yeah, yeah. and was weird. And, and, and Rennie Merlinstein. I know he was more of a coach and assistant, but good coaches who've not always succeeded. Is Steve McLaren, yeah. who've had you know patchy records as managers. You just don't know, do you? Well, it's weird though right, because how? that actually seemed to be his selling point, and it seemed like people just gave him a lot of cachet just because he was Pep's assistant, which is yeah. the weird. And it helps that he yeah. obviously beat Pep early doors, didn't he? Yeah, like he had a good, and, and also if it depends if they're going for that kind of Solskjaer type, you know, building the mentality. Yeah. And to be fair, it does give you if if Pep talks you up, which he does, yeah. and you're sitting on the in the dugout next to Pep. That does give you. You can see why chief execs are looking at that, thinking, "God." But, but equally, the point being, like, how? Why are they? You know, they 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 went to war with to with City almost to get. You know, they snuck him out sort of like with mid- midnight meetings and stuff. I never understood why Mancini, why English football turned its back on Mancini big time. You know, like it's look at it's it won the league. It's like. You know, that could be your next piece. That I've already that's written it. I'll have you. That's a plug. Yeah, there you go. I wrote it, it, but I wrote it and nobody backed me up. No, right. Nobody, nobody. <laughs> make sure you're checking out Daniel on the play. Thanks for coming on the channel, pleasure. Daniel. Always a pleasure chatting to you. Make sure you're checking out Ronaldo Brown, Ronaldo Brown 98. Remembered. Yes, I remembered. You know where to find me. Make sure you're subscribing to The Athletic and subscribing to this channel as well. Let's get to 700,000 subscribers by the end of the season. This has been the Tier 1 Transfer Podcast. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.